Hello everyone and welcome to the Giant Brain Lecture Theatre. I'm Ian McAllister and I'll be your interviewer tonight. The world of publication and distribution has been fraught with challenges over the last couple of years. The industry has been dealing with the simultaneous challenges of increased demand and horrendous logistics issues across the world. It would seem like a terrible time to set up a new board game company, but that's exactly what Hatchet, one of the largest book publishers in the world, did with Hatchet Board Games UK. Hatchet have had a stellar first year attending conventions across the country, having a huge hit with Acropolis, and getting an exclusive deal with Oink to release their games in the UK. My guest tonight is one of the people behind the success of Hatchet Board Games UK, the general manager, Flavian Lossier. How are you doing, Flavian? Hi, uh, yeah, good, good, thank you. Thank you, yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty well. It's a pleasure to talk to you. We had a little chat at Tabletop Scotland, uh, and it was really nice to talk to you then, and I'm really happy you managed to get some time to come along. I know you're extremely busy this time of year in the, in the run-up to Christmas, but yeah, thank you very much pleasure. for coming on. No, my pleasure, my pleasure. So um, I don't know a huge amount about your background, so how did you come to be involved in the tabletop games industry? So I've always been a, a gamer and a proactive one, so I've uh, been playing for 25 years, something like that, so... As a lot of people started with, uh, yeah, used to play all the standard games and uh, Catan and uh, and Magic, Magic and uh, all that. Uh, obviously, I'm French, <laughs> 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 so I uh, was uh, running uh, the so what is called festival in in France. It's a uh, like small convention, but uh, really. Uh, more family friendly in the way that it's uh, financed by local authorities, and you just okay. have you they give you uh, the all the local space you want, or even uh, outside and uh, all that, right, and okay. uh, and, uh, and you, they do the communication for you as well. Invite uh, uh, invite the schools, invite the general public, and then you you do this uh, gaming weekends. Where uh, we have uh, all the big geeks uh, like us teaching the game uh, <laughs> games to uh, to general uh, public, and that's uh, yeah. So that's uh, what uh, we're doing in France. Uh, moved in the UK eight years ago, and uh, I'm as well a big fan of uh, comics. Uh, and uh, when Monolith announced the uh, Batman uh, Gotham City uh, Chronicle. All right, yeah. Uh, um, I've uh, reached out to ask uh, if I was going to be able to demo, to play it in the UK, if they were coming to uh, to conventions and if they were demoing it. And uh, and in fact, the, the answer, like 10 minutes after, has been, we were not planning, but uh, if you're happy to run a, a booth, now we we can. <laughs> so, okay. Then, uh, then that's been my first uh, UKG as an exhibitor. Uh, that was to uh, demo uh, Batman. <laughs> cool. And uh, from there, I did a, a tour in the UK. Uh, oh, yeah, with uh, Batman and. Uh, uh, so uh, went into different shops, clubs, uh, and all of that. So met, made a lot of friends in the shop owners, the, and uh, 
realized the defaults, the flaws of the UK board gaming market, and uh, yeah, and uh, understood the, the potential uh, from here. Okay, what did you see as the sort of flaws in the UK gaming market? Uh, the limited number of uh, actors in distribution. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as Asmodee are like the distributor, and there's some others. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah it's quite yeah, monopolized. And uh, and the other thing is the so most of the shops put uh, products on the shelves, but and uh, products people will come to buy instead of having and uh, it's quite uh, geeky. So you have a what you see first is a Warhammer and Magic. Yeah. Uh, so there's a barrier uh, to entrance. And so to have those accessible games, uh, which can invite anybody to enter a shop, uh, for me, it was a thing missing the most. So that's why uh, I looked for uh, those type of games. How, how did you get involved with Hatchet then? Uh, sheer luck. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I was quite, quite uh, often the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, best thing which happened to me has been that I got uh, made redundant uh, in the during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and uh, I knew about. So I was conscious about the the potential of uh, distribution. So I was. Building my uh, business case to start a, a company, uh, and obviously to uh, distribute games, you need games. So I've reached out to uh, publishers to to talk about games I could uh, distribute, and uh, from there, in fact, all the people I've talked to, I didn't realize uh, were owned by Hachette. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and after a couple of days, I had a, a ring back uh, asking me, but would you like to discuss uh, your business case directly with the management, uh, with the yeah, head of the branch? And uh, so I've presented my uh, business case and they offered me to hire me to do my business case in their name. Cool. So, yeah, so I'm risking their money rather than mine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's always good. <laughs> but and, uh, it's the, the games uh, I wanted to to pick. So I took uh, a bit more on board that I was planning. But, uh, yeah, I'm running the business the way I want. So that's cool. Cool. So I don't know a huge amount about Hatchet. Can you tell us a little bit more about the wider Hatchet company and how they've become involved in the tabletop industry? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, the So Hatchet, as you said in the introduction, is a big book publishing company. It's the third biggest uh, in the world, the second in the UK. And they are even it's part of an even bigger group uh, with, with a wider activities. And the publishing books and board games, there, there are similar, similarities in the, uh, how the margins work. And uh, so uh, in 2019, uh, I should 
took the strategic decision to invest in uh, in the board game in board game. So by uh, external growth, so they so I was not uh, there yet, but they they bought uh, Gigamic, mm-hmm. uh, who is uh, one of the big publishers uh, in France and uh, distribution as well. So they have the two uh, yeah. skills. And in twenty twenty, bought uh, BlackRock, uh, was okay. only uh, I mean only uh, it's a distribution company. In France, oh, okay, sure. Uh, but in France and uh, international as well, and but the and uh, both as well uh, publishers, studios like uh, Sorry We're French, Scorpion Masqué, mm-hmm. yep, or yeah, La Boîte de Jeu. Uh, so that was external growth and uh, organic. Uh, so created a Studio H. Funny Fox, so for uh, internal uh, studio and uh, and distribution businesses like uh, Ashet Board Games US, Ashet Board Games UK, to uh, to allow the games to to reach a wider audience. Cool. So there have been a lot of challenges for publishers and distributors over the last few years. How is have you found that in Hatch UK? Have you been dealing with issues arising from? Obviously, we've heard a lot about global shipping over the last couple of years. Brexit has been a ma- major issue, and the ever increasing demand at the hobby as well. Yeah. So overall, uh, especially, especially for uh, for us as a, a startup, that's that was not my trade. So I've discovered uh, everything at once, uh, how to do the import and all that. And the paperwork nightmare of the Brexit is, I mean, it's difficult to stay polite when you talk about it. But uh, feel free to not stay polite. I'm a a massive (laughs) hater of Brexit. That's fine. (laughs) No, but uh, yeah, that's uh, (laughs) to, and, the so I started to import so uh, uh seventeen months ago uh but the and the rules were always changing so uh every couple of months oh you've not put that on the on the invoice uh, but no that, oh but uh, no that's uh, okay that's the rules from two weeks ago uh, <laughs> so, uh and at the end uh, you have uh, I had some uh, deliveries from France to uh, to the UK, taking two months. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot, uh, and uh, yes. So no, that's uh, you need a lot, a lot of buffer in your in the volume in the in any preparation work. Uh, yeah, but now I think I I have the good partners. I understand <laughs> a bit more uh, sure. what's uh, what's needed, so uh, I can uh, more or less uh, anticipate uh, everything. So yeah, has it helped but, having the the sort of main hatchet company based in France? Has that helped with getting that sort of stuff sorted out? No. Uh, I really run uh, no because the Ashet I don't Ashet uh, as a group 
they what they provide me is uh so it's a uh, finance i have a they they do the finance control all right good. but uh, from an operational point of view yeah they will help me to be in touch with uh, directly the manufacturer of the games if i need uh but uh, no it's mainly uh, for me a uh, gigamic and blackrock and gigamic has been really really uh, good and that was needed because uh, i didn't uh i mean that was uh, the volume from their games is uh great and a lot more than what we were planning so uh, so that's good to have some uh, some support so how big is the hatchet board games uk team oh we are huge we are three <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, I thought you were going to like end that with hundreds. <laughs> Just, uh, so, wow, okay. oh yeah, that's uh, so. I started uh, on my own, then uh, Richie joined me in uh, November, so one year ago. Okay, and uh, from uh, September, uh, I mean August, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, Rory. Kelly from uh, sales for the sales, uh, so an Irish uh, guy uh, joined. Uh, yeah, uh, joined now what uh, four months ago. But that's uh, yeah, that's uh, the three of us. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm uh, running uh, everything, uh, logistics, uh, marketing, uh, finance, accounting. Uh, Sales, obviously. Uh, yeah. You're having to wear a lot of different hats then. Oh, yes. But that's what's fun as well. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, if uh, if, uh, if we have uh, enough success, I'd be able to, uh, to grow the company. But that's the beauty of running it as a startup is we can... It's exciting. We can do the way we want, build... And take the time to think about what we need and uh, build it from from there. Uh, so, yeah. So, and uh, when I say three, uh, three uh, with uh, monthly uh, <laughs> monthly wages uh, from Ashet, uh, but uh, we work with uh, we have uh, about ten friends uh, doing the demo uh, with us. Sure. We. Uh, Two friends uh, helping with the publishing side of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we have a, when we need to adapt uh, games to the uh, yeah, to the market and uh, and after uh, yeah some external help, uh, I work with a logistics warehouse. Uh, so yeah, that's a supplier, sure. obviously, and there. Are so it's about 10 people there as well, but they don't work full-time for me. Sure. You sort of take, get them as, as needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, so you were, you were expecting a, a bigger... Uh, 30, something like that, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So that, it, it's a good sign. We, so just the three of us, we managed to make enough noise. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been hearing your name ring out across um, the board game scene and, and conventions over the last year or so. Because you, you've only been 
Yeah, you've been, only been in operation for about a year or so. So this is your first sort of big Christmas coming up. How's how's the team handling that? Uh, obviously, we are learning a lot. So need to keep up uh, with uh, the logistics with uh, having the games in and yeah, shipping them uh, straight out quickly enough. So yeah, it's a learning. Uh, it's a learning phase. Uh, yeah, there's no... But we're coping. We're coping so far. Uh, so far, so good. Cool. So you had a recent sort of hotness hit, I guess, uh, with Acropolis. So it was very popular. Mm. Lots of noise about it. Went up the BGG rankings, all that kind of jazz. Uh, what's it like handling sudden spikes in demand like that as a publisher and distributor? So that's uh, a challenge because you need to anticipate the the volume i mean it uh, it doesn't become a hotness on its own so uh we sure. invest, we invested uh, a lot ahead uh, presenting it to uh, enough people six months uh, ahead of time uh, a bit everywhere uh, sending it to the jury for the for the ukg award all those uh, type of things so allowing it to to have some talk about. And uh, from there, you obviously need to help the shops to have uh, the volume they, they need you. So you sometimes you cannot deliver all everything. So I was sold out in three weeks. So that's, yeah. Uh, so you need to uh, order enough. But I needed to place the order before the first turn. So obviously you you don't want to overcommit uh, as well. So yeah, no, that's uh and as a young company when you don't have the the experience of what can be volumes of uh, this type of uh, hotness is super difficult. But yeah, interesting as well. And uh, we received the uh, all the new palettes uh, today, so they will be able to be shipped to the shops uh, end of this week, beginning next one. When you get a game like Acropolis, do you do you sort of know it's a hit? Is it is it a gut instinct? Is it a guess? What sort of makes you sort of push a title in that way? So for so the publisher uh, preparation is. Uh, yeah, it has a big impact. Here in this, uh, for Acropolis, they sent me a pre-production prototype uh, seven months before the release. So I had the time to play it, uh, to play it with different shop owners. Mm-hmm. So uh, some more uh, feedback. Uh, and when you have a one hundred percent hit rate with everybody you play with. Mm-hmm. Boom! You you know that's uh, yeah, that's one. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I I sign only games I really uh, love uh, and I, I really believe in. I wouldn't sign them uh, if I didn't want to. I mean, uh, I decline a lot of the, of games and I sign the games I, I love. But 
when I have this, uh, all those positive reactions uh, everywhere from shops, from uh, yeah, then you know, you know, you can invest a bit more as well. How, how much of your job is sort of assessing games for publication? And uh, I, I don't know, sort of percentage wise, and and how many how many games do you sort of see over the course of the last year or so? Like, and sort of what, what percentage of those do you sign? It's uh, I'm I'm a, it's per uh, waves in uh, quarters usually, and uh, I think I I've received twenty thirty games per quarter. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and the people have seen the way we work, and I had a lot of uh, people uh, reaching out to uh, send me uh, games and to ask to work with us. So uh, yeah, that made uh, yeah <laughs> that that increased a, a bit the volume. Uh, sometimes you you know from the from the game description just by reading the words. That's not a game you will want to carry. Sure. But, uh, yeah. And sometimes you, you will play, yeah, three, four times. And no, you, yeah, you don't believe in it enough to, yeah, that's, uh, but, and in terms of time, that's a difficult one because, uh, yeah, I'd say, that's where the, it's a beauty to mix a hobby and work. Because I play for work, but I play during my weekends and in the evenings. So it's difficult to uh, to know uh, uh, how much I spend playing. Uh, <laughs> Honestly. Quite, quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always played uh, on a daily basis and uh, every weekend. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> cannot say. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right so i mean one of the big wins you've had recently was hooking up with oink games uh, a japanese publisher famed for their tiny games they've always been quite difficult to get over in the uk uh so what do you think those games are going to bring to hatchet and do you have any dream publishers you'd like to work with so uh first question for oink uh so they they have the value of having small boxes and those condensed experience. So uh, with this uh, really surprising uh, streamlined uh, gaming experience. So that was key and push the value of avoiding uh, overproduction. So for me, Oink was uh, absolutely uh, perfect. And uh, and uh, Toby was uh, representing Oink uh, in Europe, uh, in fact, uh, was following us, so knew how we were working. And uh, when I reached out, uh, it's been, uh, I, I've explained him uh, how I wanted to work with uh, his uh, titles. And uh, yeah, that's been a, uh, an easy discussion, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you share values and all that, that was perfect. And regarding the dream publisher, I have one, but I will not talk about it because uh, I've managed to start discussing with him. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, yeah. 
uh, I'll keep it for myself. How how soon will we be seeing Oink games on the shelves of most sort of board game shops? Because I mean, for a long time they've been. Oh, I've only really seen Oink games available at the occasional convention, like big ones like UK Games right. Expo. So they're going to be available more. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, started uh, delivering them uh, yesterday. They are still uh, scout. Uh, we with, with <laughs> a, a bit delayed. Uh, it will arrive uh, like in a maximum couple of days. Uh, but uh, yeah, they they will be fully available in uh, every shop. We had uh, like I think uh, eighty different shops following them. Great. So, yeah, that's uh, no, that's exciting. Yeah, I've, I've played a good few of their games. I, I really like their their designs. They've always been a little expensive in the UK, so it'd be nice to see them a bit more widely available and see more yeah so price point will not change unfortunately uh, uh, but yeah I mean the, the value of uh, having they're still great <laughs> uh, no and to have both uh, compact games you need to pay someone to punch them everything yeah. come uh, pre-punch and all that you don't have the punch board so true yeah no it's uh, detailed but it Cause them a lot, so at the end, yeah, of course. there's not something. There's not a lot you can scrap. No, absolutely. Yeah, no. It'll be good to see them more widely available. They're they're great wee games, and yeah, fantastic to see them a bit more widely distributed. So, yeah. uh, Scout was obviously a recent uh, Spiel des Jahres winner. Uh, what a nominee, nominee, nominee. Sorry, not the winner. Yes, apologies. Yeah, yeah nominee. What what weight do you think awards like the Spiel des Jahres has on like what you as a publisher do? Oh, it's massive. Uh, yeah, as soon as you are, if you have a spiel, uh, the standard number, uh, I don't know if it's still the case, but uh, five years ago, you were talking about uh, half a million copies. Oof. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> just just if it won the spiel, the RSI was it? Yes. Sell half a million copies, just it would. Yeah. Wow. The, so, yeah, yeah. So the yeah, but on the other hand, since you you kind of flew the the market uh, at once and uh, all the shops, it's uh, mainly in Germany where they you, they would put that uh, everywhere. Uh, you sometimes you can have the value decrease uh, really quickly if those uh, big chain uh, don't sell them uh, all uh, within the two months. And, uh, they will start to uh, to put sales to do sales on them. So fair enough. But yeah, no, and uh, even uh, so, being in the nominees obviously uh, helps a lot. Uh, it's a great job deal. But uh, the last door, so the the French mm-hmm. uh, in France. Uh, it has a big, big impact. So I, I would love to have this, uh, yeah, meaningful uh, award like that in the UK. Yeah, we don't really have the equivalent in the UK as yeah. There's like convention awards and that kind of thing. But yeah, UK uh, UKG. Uh, yeah, UKG award. Uh, but the fact that and the jury award at UKG as really a good principle, but they don't communicate about the name of the people in the jury. Yeah. While uh, 
in France or in Germany, there are no. So you yeah. you do you can rely rely on a on a professional faces. So you have journalists, you have shop owners, and people like that. And and in the jury for UKG, it's as well those type of people, but they they keep them secret. So that's a bit. Uh, uh, that's yeah. I hope they, that will evolve. Yeah, it'd be good to see that evolve and become a, a bit more general award as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the sort of French game design scene because I don't really know a huge amount about it. Uh, I mean, for a long time, when we when critics talked about game design, we split analysis into basically two schools: Eurogames and Ameritrash. Uh, Eurogames mm-hmm. tended to mean German style design, um, like starting with Catan, Agricola, things like that. And Ameritrash, well, the clue was in the name, it was big brash design, quite high random factors, lots of thematic elements in there. Do you think France has got its own school of design, and how would you characterize it? Uh, so, in your German description, you forgot uh, Brown, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be mean, but that's fair. Lots, 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 lots of. Bored men looking off into the Mediterranean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that on the covers of some German d- games. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and very uh, well, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, in France, so uh, I think it started really uh, early 2000s. Uh, they, they managed to, so first the designers managed to blend theme and mechanics, mm-hmm. so like, uh, and not afraid of uh, trying silly things like uh, a bit of take that in the middle, like uh, with a citadel. Yeah, citadel is a brood of duty. It's uh, you have this chaos in the middle of uh, resource management, uh, building a game, and you have a, a there are a bit more than one hundred. Publishers in France. Oh wow! Uh, there are so many. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, a lot of them have a really strong. Uh, they brought on the market a strong uh, art direction. So when uh, I don't know if you were uh, gaming at the time, but when uh, Seven Wonders uh, hit the market, so you had this uh, super new uh, mechanic of uh, drafting played mm-hmm. seven players uh, in thirty minutes. Yeah, and at the same time, the art was uh, awesome. There's so many details on the board. So, or uh, when the abyss with uh, this, uh, those monsters on the box, or uh, or even uh, French artists like uh, Vincent Dutre or Altre. Uh, so I was super happy to sign that. Uh, obviously. Yeah, I, I, re- I really want to try that one. I haven't, haven't had a chance to play it, but it sounds very uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and that one is more uh, a mix again of the... So it's resource management, but it's based on an RPG. So you, you have a very strong story-driven way to play. Sure. So, yeah, you have this blend. And uh, obviously to have uh, yeah, big uh, success stories like, uh, again... A spiel de Sierras with a uh, uh, when uh, uh, for uh, yes yeah, seven wonders one 
there's a Hanabi. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, and uh, it's the same uh, designer yeah. than uh, Seven Wonders. So I've forgotten about Hanabi. I did you still in that? Oh, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. And the learning curve is, uh, can be a bit daunting, but it's uh, an amazing game. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, the, you have this uh, mix of both. Uh, yeah, theme mechanics uh, with a bit of chaos and uh, and the art and I in the pure Euro experience I don't know if you remember when uh, Agricola came a few months before it was a chaos so uh, worker, pure worker placement but one had this uh, mean interaction uh, where, I mean, it's worker placement with a strong interaction uh, with Kalos, while uh, Agricola was uh, more peaceful. Yeah, I've, n- I've never played Kal- I've never played Kalos. Uh, I've heard horror stories about its meanness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's still one of my favorite games. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those games like, I think I feel like I need to play as a critic at some point because it was so influential. I mean, Agricola was the big sort of thing that brought worker placement to the masses, but Kalos was like just a step or two before it in terms of the actual mechanic. So yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those ones I need to try at some point. Yeah, no, I, I, it's worth it. It's really worth it. The plate, I'd say a three player. Okay. Yeah. I'll try and get that played at the next convention with that, if, if there's a board game library within it. Nice. Get it get out. So you let me know recently that there's a, a union of sorts in France how, uh, for game designers and publishers. How does that work? So you there are, uh, yeah, there are plenty, in fact. Uh, every So they decided it was uh, three years Oh, no, four years ago now. Uh, so to be able to uh, discuss and uh, negotiate there uh, with the other part of the industry mm-hmm. so all the publishers decided to uh, yeah to to drink together like in a I it's not a yeah it's a, I guess the translation will be a union so basically it's a gathering where they they put a bit of money uh, on the table uh, all together to pay someone to organize uh, things uh, together, discussion and uh, all that, and to to have a president representing all the publishers to negotiate with the government or with the uh, public services. Uh, so that's for the publishers. The game designers have their own organization created uh, about the same time. Uh, and so the added value they had, uh, they created a, a standardized uh, contract with, uh, with a lawyer for uh, all any uh, author to be able to have uh, like uh, yeah, a list of things they, they need to be careful about. And uh, and have a standard contract to offer if uh, the and in fact that was worked as well with the publishers so it's something which has been worked uh, together 
the the board game shops, all the FLGS. Uh, uh, so their main achievement is uh, on a yearly basis they do a like Christmas selection a catalog they they print and uh, and it's available in any of their other shops. So I think that yeah, it's uh, two hundred shops uh, together, and uh, they they review games together uh, along the year, and they, they select them. So that's uh, and the artists started something last year, but I don't know uh, what is the, their drive, uh, and I think there's another. Oh, and the board game cafe. All right, the, yeah. they they are together uh, so uh, to to have obviously uh, all the cafes don't uh, sell games always uh, and they but they they will share their experience about uh, how to negotiate a food contract or uh, the menu uh, and uh, to organize tournaments. So they they will launch games. Uh, they will organize directly this uh, lobby. Uh, we can call it a lobby, I guess. Uh, they will organize a, a game launch with the publishers directly in uh, fifty cafe at a time. Cool. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. That's and, cool. uh, so yeah, pretty successful. Uh, that will be. Good to have that uh, here as well. I mean, for me as a distributor, if I could be able to organize something with uh, 50 cafes at a time, I would save time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, rather than having to like just uh, to talk to 50 individual shops, you can talk to one organization that then mm-hmm. talks to their members. Yeah, I can I definitely see the benefits in that. And for them, it's easier as well yeah. to organize and, uh, and to, to have a, a better value for their time. They they know they they receive uh, the package and uh, everything is lined up every and they are all at the same level so they they know they have a top notch uh, package uh, to launch the games uh, demo copies and all that so yeah well maybe we'll see something like that in the next year or two I hope so yeah yeah in fact uh, I've not uh, done it but next year. I would like to uh, offer the board game cafe to do a corridor tournament. Yeah. Like a championship uh, along the year and do a, a final uh, at the end of the year. That'd be great. Uh, that could be fun, right? I think. Yeah. yeah great little game corridor. Love it. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. So uh, you've sort of just celebrated your first year in operation. Uh, what do you see as the next steps for the company in the next year and beyond? Uh, so first, uh, obviously, start continue to uh, to grow the the games with the shops. So uh, obviously, there I've signed games uh, I love. Uh, but now they they need to be in the shops as well, so continue to grow with that. So it means uh, access uh, bigger uh, chains. So uh, we had a corridor started uh, at uh, Waterstones, 
this weekend. Great. So uh, continue on that. I mean, that's uh, that should allow bigger numbers, obviously, um, and easier marketing as well. If the game is more present, I can uh, do a bit yeah. more push on it. Uh, continue to guarantee to uh, the all the local uh, game shops. Then, if I put uh, a game uh, on the market, there's a reason for it, and there's a value to stock it. And they can, uh, I, I can guide them to say, okay, if you have that in your shop, you can sell it to uh, this profile of a uh, family of gamer, and uh, you you will have an instant hit, and uh, they will come back to you. So it's this type of uh, added value I want to bring and build and have uh, all those guys trusting us and coming back to us, which has started. We have a lot of shops coming back uh, really on a regular basis. But uh, yeah, obviously, I need to have enough titles for them to come back even more often. Sure. Do you find it's hard to get um, local game stores to take product? Because there's, I mean, there, there's been a lot of stories over the last couple of years about how many board games are coming out every year. It's thousands now, 3,000, 4,000 games, titles a year. Do you yeah. find it's hard to sort of cut through the noise a little bit with what you're selling? Uh, yes. Yeah. To be transparent, yes. You really need to build to explain why this specific game is uh, has a value and is not uh, just uh, one more off, if it makes sense. So, uh, yeah, it needs uh, effort, but it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, and at the end, uh, most of them will be in, uh, if they are in 100 different shops, uh, that's, they, they get traction and visibility. And where I'm quite uh, happy, most of the shops who order the titles are coming back to order the same and uh, a bit more. So, yeah. yeah. I know you've got an interest in, like we, like we talked about at the start of this chat, eh? you've got an interest in sort of opening up the gaming hobby to a wider audience, not just, not just nerds like myself. Uh, so, uh, all myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, well, nerds is it like myself as well. But how do you how, how do you go about doing that? Do you do you engage with like game clubs and that kind of thing as well? So yeah, that's uh, one of the strong focus we will have. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, but uh, we developed uh, a pedagogical support for schools to use, oh. uh, yeah, to use games. In schools, uh, with uh, uh, to follow the curriculum and explain, uh, so it's developed with uh, teachers and uh, and uh, adapted to the English curriculum. And uh, so, obviously, work with uh, schools and uh, family uh, family game clubs. Uh, in fact, it's uh, how I've met uh, some uh, friends uh, as well in the industry, and. Yeah, if we could have more of those type of clubs, that would be uh, awesome. And if the shops were organizing them, that would be even better. Yeah. Oh, that's and, a fantastic effort. And uh, yeah, so, but 
Et all that, <laughs> those pedagogical support and all that, it takes time. Yeah. And so I need to come to commit more energy uh, to that beginning of the year. And uh, we have a strategy for that. We have the base support, but now we, we need to put them uh, in a nice way. So, yeah. One more question before I let you go, Fabian. Your social media account asked me to ask this. What is the correct way to store cheese? Oh, that's a key one. <laughs> no, uh, if you buy cheese, it's because you like it. You like the how the the taste of it, and if you put it in your fridge, it kills the taste. So just put it in a Tupperware aside from your fridge, couple of days before you want to eat it and start to uh, bite into it. Oh, so you uh, bring it back to room temperature? Is that yeah, room temperature? But uh, a couple of days. Uh, to to have it uh, advanced enough to have the full taste of it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> that was important. Yeah, board game, board game news, distribution, publishing, and the correct way to store cheese. Man, yeah, a man of many right. talents. <laughs> well, well, I think we'll just wrap up there, Fabian. Yeah, Thank you so yeah, much perfect. for coming along tonight. Really appreciate you coming along and, and chatting to me. Uh, it's been a fascinating chat. Uh, you're oh, thank you. on the scene and yeah i'll hopefully see a couple of conventions over the next year or so yeah we'll do it and your uh, reaction on the size of the company has been awesome <laughs> a blessing <laughs> uh, where can people find hatchet on online where's the best place to uh, so we have a we have a really active uh, instagram account uh facebook as well uh so if you want to have a, a Low at us, uh, you can join and uh, follow us there. Uh, all the website uh, has uh, all the game descriptions and uh, everything you, you will want to know about the games. Brilliant. Uh, I'll put links to all that in the show notes, folks. And as always, you can find us at giantbrain.co.uk and you can get in touch with us on Twitter for the moment, at least uh, Facebook, Instagram, and you can come to our Discord. There'll be an invite in the show notes. Thank you very much to Flavian for coming along tonight and thank you very much for listening, folks. Thank you, Ian. Bye-bye for now. Bye.